Hey y'all, this is Courtney and Imani, and you're listening to the Soul Sisters Podcast. episode two of the soul sisters podcast if you are listening in for the first time thank you for joining us and you are now officially part of the ssp community so welcome and for those of you who tuned in for our first episode thank you so much for the support we heard from quite a bit of you and we're just so touched and our hearts are so full of gratitude because of the personal stories that you all shared with us or even your testimony so it was just so great to hear from you and we just thank y'all so much yeah. miss courtney hey y'all hey girl what's going on with you <laughs> girl nothing much just getting in the swing and the schedule of working and prioritizing like my workout schedule and wash days and my personal time um so yeah just making sure like i have a really good work-life balance because um, over like the first week I was super excited about working and I like did so much overtime which I didn't even need to do so I'm just prioritizing that last Sunday not this past Sunday but last Sunday I got baptized which was really important and really um, special to me um, I always you know wanted to get baptized at my home church and Crazy enough, um, my home church moved from South Carolina to California where I live last year. So I'm just so grateful how God aligned those things um, for me um, so I can get baptized. And I did it with no family present. I didn't tell my mom until like the Monday before. And so, of course, she couldn't book a flight. But I just figured that I couldn't pass the opportunity up and I needed to just do it. Um, and I didn't want another year or whatever to go by or however long the next cycle would be until the next baptism would be before, before I really got baptized. So it was just me and Jesus and I was just so, so, um, happy. And I realized that a lot of times it would just be me and Jesus. So I was, I was willing to take that walk, um, by myself with him. Mm But yeah, other than that, I'm good. How are you? That's good. Let's see. The Buckeyes are 3-0. and The Browns uh. are 0-1. Honest, this was the first week where I realized I actually miss people. So missing mm. you, Courtney, and my friends from school. But the person I miss more than anyone is my daddy. So kind of struggled with that this past week. And I really wanted to text him and ask him if he would book a fight. I just didn't think that was realistic right now. So I'm trying to do this adult team thing. However, it is a little bit hard because, as I yeah. mentioned last week, I'm just not used to not being around him. It's one thing to be away at school and, and drive home whenever I want to see him. But, you know, I'm never going to drive 22 hours back to Ohio. <laughs> so uh, with right. that being said, it's just, you know, still adjusting to the transition. But all is well. That's good. 
Yeah. So this past week, uh, Courtney and I read two very interesting articles, which -hmm. will be the basis of our discussion for today. The first article was written by the Christian Broadcasting Network, and it talks about why millennials are leaving the church, and it gave some very interesting statistics. So the article said that 60% of millennials, and for the sake of this conversation, millennials are those who are um, between 23 and 38 years old. So 60% of millennials who grew up in church have dropped out which means they have been out of church longer than any previous generation. And only 30% of millennials say going to church is important, which Mm -hmm. is, well, for me, it's shocking, but we'll, we'll talk about that. And then the next article written by Relevant Magazine says that 34% of Gen Z, so those who are born after 96, which makes Courtney and I both part of Gen Z, Mm -hmm. which is not something we really wanted to claim, to be completely honest. But it is what it is. (laughs) Only 34% of Gen Z identify, or not only 34, 34% of Gen Z identify as atheist, agnostic, or Mm non-religious. This article goes on to say that Gen Z has a perception issue with the church. 70% of Gen Z believes that they should orient their lives towards making a difference in the world. They demand the same out of brands, companies, and organizations they align with. Roughly two out of three members of Gen Z believe for-profit companies should take a stand on social issues. If that's what young people want out of their for-profit businesses, it follows that they would ask the same out of places like church. Next, it goes on to say that Gen Z isn't really hurt by the church, but they have a strong sense of tolerance. They're the most diverse generation in American history, racially, sexually, and theologically. With that comes a higher regard for pluralism, tolerance, and equality, and they see the church as intolerant in terms of LGBTQ rights, immigration, the environment, and women's and gender equality. So to mm-hmm. summarize both articles, which we will be sure to post the link in the description for this episode, the articles are saying that millennials are leaving the church and Gen Z is not drawn towards the church. I think it's very important for us to differentiate the two generations because society tends to group all young people as millennials, and that's yeah. definitely not the case. So, sister. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was so serious, and it didn't even need to be. Um, what are your initial reactions to these articles and the statistics that we highlighted? Yeah. Um, it doesn't surprise me, to be honest. Like, it, it just doesn't. Um, nowadays, it's not, it's not a, a normal thing for millennials, for young people to be like, yeah, I'm going to church constantly. Or even to say like, yeah, I do want to go to church. Like most people just don't. Um, that has become the norm in a, in some sense. And even with you saying, uh, well, the, the article saying like the strong sense of tolerance and like they're mo- uh, the most diverse generation, very much so in thought, they're very out, you know, very um, outspoken on the things they need. So, and sometimes the church doesn't align with those things. So, it doesn't really surprise me. It just mm-hmm. doesn't. What about you? Same here. I mean, it's 
for me, it's heartbreaking to see these statistics. Like, you know that younger people are leaving church and not attending, but to get an actual number, it's it's heartbreaking yeah. for me. And one thing to point out, I believe with us growing up, like, you just never knew if the people you went to school with were going to church consistently. Like, you had to... question whether someone was going to church whereas with our parents and definitely our grandparents it was no Mm. question whether you were going to church everything was shut down on Sundays you were going to church Mm -hmm. but nowadays you don't really know who's going to church and then if you ask the question do you go to church it's like are you do, do you identify as a Christian are you Muslim like you just don't you don't know yeah and that's just the world we live in right now uh, so I want to know more about your church experience growing up. Mm-hmm. Was church something that you did consistently? Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I basically in some ways grew up in church. Um, so I started in a small Baptist church. Um, so there's that. It was on the Sunshine Choir and everything else. Um, and then like we moved cities and we joined what people would consider most like for South Carolina, it's a mega church what they would consider, but it's a very, um, multicultural church. Um, so yeah, like I loved going to church elementary school. I was on the dance team. I was on the choir. I was on the drama team. I was very involved at church. I was at church at least twice a week between Wednesday night services and then Sunday services and then like having to stay. I mean, I may be able be there three days because of dance or choir practice. So I was always at church. I was at church. I loved church. All my friends were at church. Um, and then when I got into high school, the high school ministry, we basically had um, a Sunday night service called Unite. And to me, it was like Club Jesus. And you just hang out with your friends and you do praise and worship. And it was, you know, led by the, the high schooler. So I, I had a very good did you time say, in church. Did you say Club Jesus? It was Club Jesus. Like, when I tell you, Lord, it was literally mercy. Club Jesus. Like, I mean, all your friends are there. And our youth pastor used to spoil us. So we have food. Like, it was, it was lit. Club it was lit. And Jesus. then we have, like rap battles that people they christian rap battles it was lit it was real lit that's a new one it was i've never heard of that that's club jesus yeah turn up for the turn up then right (laughs) really right literally so that's how it was (laughs) i miss those days thinking back about (laughs) i miss that but yeah i had a very great experience with church love church love being um surrounded by my my church family and all what about you well i want to respond to a couple of things that you said one okay. you said you were in the choir which shocks you know what? me goodbye but hey let him <laughs> you know use what? you as he sees fit. listen i'm just saying y'all listen. i've never heard this girl try to make a note <laughs> but i you have know what? Goodbye. And I'm not sure how joyful it is, but... Oh, wow. Let him use you. Let him use you, baby. Let him use you. God does not care how I sound. That's what them church mothers be saying. Let him use you, baby. Anywho. (laughs) um, (laughs) Another thing that you said was you went to a multicultural church growing up, which I think is so cool. Mm -hmm. Because for me, I grew up in a black Baptist church, Mm -hmm. and... 
to be completely honest, I didn't know white people went to church. Like, I was just so exposed to black church culture um, that I I did not know people outside of the African-American community went to church. But I think going to a multicultural church as a kid is so important because, I mean, heaven is going to be very diverse. So that's cool. To answer you, go ahead. My pastor is actually white, like white. And most of his congregation are people of color, which is so interesting to me. But, like, I mean, went to church with everybody. All my friends were different races, came from different backgrounds. And I think that's what probably made my experience a lot just a lot better is because I, I had friends in different um, walks of life, I guess, and different, and they could expose me to different things. So, yeah. That's good. Because I think a lot of people are going to be shocked when we get to heaven and they see how diverse it is. It's going to be lit. But that's going to be a whole other conversation for later on. <laughs> <laughs> so, to answer your question, yes, very similar to you. I grew up in church. Someone even called me a church baby at one point. Oh, wow. And uh, my parents served in church. So, my mom was a deaconess. My daddy was a deacon. So, we were heavily involved as a family at church Mm -hmm. best believe we're going to be there for sunday school worship service and even the evening service Mm. um i also was on the uh, praise dance team as well which is really cool for me praise dance yes listen (laughs) when the spirit of the lord comes upon my heart go away best believe (laughs) i'm a dance just like king david Okay, and I will do it unapologetically. I know you will. Yes, I love to dance before (laughs) the Lord. Back to my first. (laughs) Back. Don't mind me. Don't mind me. I hope these listeners—they're like—is this how she is in real life? Yes, absolutely. This is how I am. Y'all get the real me. Okay. Back to my response, Um, a lot of my friends I had was because we all were were growing up in church together. We were all growing up in church together, and a lot of the aunties and uncles I had were people that were in the church because the church I grew up in, my parents had met there, so they got married in that church. I was dedicated as a baby in that church. My father baptized me in that church, so I have a lot of childhood memories going up. Church was not an option for me. Like, my daddy was like, as for me and my house, (laughs) we will serve the Lord. And that's exactly what we did. But I want to emphasize, my parents taught me the importance of serving. Because a lot of people Mm, become members of churches, but they don't serve in churches. So I saw from a very young age what it meant to serve in a church. Mm, That's good. Mm -hmm. So so from from what I've gathered... Between mm-hmm. you being in the Sunshine Choir, is that what it's called? You know, yeah, something like that. Okay. okay. So you were in the Sunshine <laughs> Choir as a little kid. Yes. I'm assuming mm-hmm. when you were going to Club Jesus, you were a teenager. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you've, you've pretty <laughs> much been in church consistently throughout your mm-hmm. life, right? Yeah. Was there ever a time where you weren't consistently going? Yeah, um, during college. And to be completely honest, like, I think I just got lazy. I think, honestly, because 
yeah, like it was like it was easy for me to lay in bed, to catch up on sleep, to do homework. Um, and some days, you know, I just some days I just didn't want to get up. And I also think the community aspect was a part of it because it's like all my friends weren't at any of the churches in Greensboro. And yes, I did go to, you know, probably once a month I would go to church. But none of my friends in the community that I built at home and my home church was there. And so, like, it was just hard for me to, like, go to church and leave because I've been so used to being able to, like, socialize and, like, mm-hmm. know my really know my pastors and know my youth leaders. But it was completely different from just being in school and now you have to find a new church and you don't really know anyone and you just, just go on Sundays and come home and you don't really have any, like, you know, no social aspect to it, no community. So I think that's pretty much so why. So between my laziness and not having that community that I had already built, it was pretty, that's why I wasn't consistent. Yeah. What about you? Um, yes. Like, unlike you, Courtney, I was not at Club Jesus yeah. during my teenage <laughs> years. So when I oh, became weird. a teenager, that's actually when I stopped going to church Mm -hmm. And to give a little bit of context, what was going on around that time was my parents' marriage was on the verge of ending. Mm -hmm. I went from seeing my mom serving in the church to becoming an alcoholic. And I went from seeing my daddy, um, I went from seeing him serving in the church to just surviving at home. Mm -hmm. And not to say that church or his relationship with God was not a priority, but he's very much so the type of man that will take care of home first, like home is his first ministry. Yeah, And that was something that people at the church I grew up with called him out on. Like people mm. would tell him like, how are you trying to serve here and, and do X, Y, Z when your wife is falling asleep on the front row during service? Which mm. yes, my mom was falling asleep on the front row during service, but there's just some stuff you just don't say, right? Right, right. So at that time, my parents had made the decision to leave the church I grew up in, and my mom was dealing with her issues. My daddy, I mean, man, God bless him. He is trying to just manage everything. He has a wife who is an alcoholic and who is constantly in and out of rehab programs, he is a single father at this point. One child is away at college. The other, his youngest, is a teenager who is boy crazy, and that, that was me. And at, at the same time, he's trying to take care of himself and also work because he's the only one working at the time. Yeah. And I really did try to find a place of comfort and safety by going back to my old church after my parents had left because I just assume I grew up there everyone knew me they knew my parents and not saying my parents are perfect people but they were definitely people who served and served with integrity and they gave and they're just genuinely good people so I just assumed members of the church would look out for me and be a spiritual covering for me And that was not the case at all. Mm. And people were just so caught up on trying to figure out why my parents are getting a divorce, what the Mm. heck is going on with my mom, 
why is Imani at this altar every Sunday crying her eyes out? They're just trying to be nosy and not trying to genuinely help. And then I started noticing something with the female members of that church. Because mm-hmm. I peep everything. Like, you can't get yeah, anything past me. Any If you think you got it past me, just know you didn't get it past me. <laughs> I just may not say anything. And so I peeped how the female members would always ask about my daddy, but they would never ask about my mom. Mm-hmm. And it would be the way that they would ask questions. I knew that they were just trying to get in good with me. Because they thought that that meant they would have a chance with my daddy and become my stepmom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that just turned me off. Because at this point, you're not even thinking about me, a teenage mm-hmm. girl who is heartbroken, who has gone through so much trauma. You're thinking about yourself and yeah. how you, you can become my daddy's next wife. And little did y'all know, God already had it planned out. And it was none of y'all anyway. So... <laughs> I'm just saying. Yo. So that turned me away from the church in a moment where I should have been running towards the church. Because not only was I dealing with, like, my mommy issues, but at that time, my uh, best friend had passed away from brain cancer. I've had two grandfathers pass away. My paternal grandmother passed away. There was just a lot of stuff going on. And Mm -hmm. to find comfort, quote-unquote, and fulfillment, quote unquote, I started looking to other things and people. When I was a freshman in high school, I was very strategic about who I became friends with. And I made sure to become friends with juniors and seniors because those were the people that had cars and could come get me if I needed to get away from home. Because when you're living with an addict, you're always in survival mode. You never know what it's going to be like. One day it's going to be cool. The next day it's going to be a living hell. So at this point, I'm just doing everything I can to not be home and the friends that I had in high school were not the best influences but to me it was comfort because I was away from the drama at home Mm -hmm. and this is also where I start to become boy crazy and really caught up in one particular boy Mm. Ooh, I wish I would have seen her face and she did a, you know that deep side where someone's nostrils flare up and they give you a side eye look? That's what she just did to me. Because <laughs> no I have reference, man. because I have referenced this boy, which she has every reason to not like, which, okay, I mean, it's, it's done, it's over. I mean, it's over. It's so over Thank and I praise God for that, but... Okay, we're going to talk about that when this might go off. Anywho. (laughs) Anywho. So, during that time, I was not, I was turned off by church people because of how the members of my old church were acting. I wasn't turned off by church. I just wasn't making the effort to go find a new church because I knew soon I would be going away to college and I just didn't care and I was being fulfilled by other things and people so Mm. temporary fulfillment not true fulfillment but it it is what it is so that's why I wasn't going yeah yeah so do you attend church now and do you make it a priority if you do yes I do because it took one encounter that changed my life Mm, And just how I had mentioned my 
parents getting a divorce mm-hmm. was the catalyst of me not going to church or, or mm-hmm. stop attending church. My daddy getting remarried was the catalyst for getting me back into church. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so Mama Gina is my bonus mom. And when she came on the scene, I started noticing something different in my daddy. Mm. I'm like, this man got some pep in his step. He glowing. He he swagged out. I mean, he already had swag, but she just enhanced it. I'm looking at him like, what what is going on? Like, what, what what's going on with you? I mean, I'm happy for you, brother, but what's what's going on? <laughs> and they told me that they had found this new church. But the caveat to that was the church was two hours away from home. So I'm from Columbus, and the church was outside of Cincinnati, and I thought they were absolutely crazy. I'm like, y'all drive two hours every week? And when they invited me to go, I was like, oh, I got it. I got to check this out. Y'all driving two hours every week there and back? It's got to be good. So I got to go. And ironically enough, the church just so happened to be 30 minutes away from uh, my campus. So I went. December 13th, 2015, a day I'll never forget. I had an encounter that changed my life. Um, And I will always thank God for Apostle Warren Curry because he has impacted my life more in more ways than he knows. He prayed over me and he prophesied. Keep in mind, this is the first time we have met each other. So Mm -hmm. I have not told you anything about myself. And it was the first time that I had experienced someone projecting God's love onto me. Mm-hmm. It was the first time that I had experienced someone seeing me the way that God sees me and articulating it in a way where I was able to see myself the way that God sees me. That's so good. Another thing that blew my mind was how emotional Apostle was. I mean, he was crying. And in my mind, I'm like, you don't know me. You don't know anything about me. And I'm also thinking, if you knew who I really am at that time, me, a, a spoiled, bratty, short-tempered, fornicating girl, like, if you really knew who I was, would you still feel this way? Mm. And I know the answer to that question is yes, because I got to experience God's heart through another human being. That's so good. And it just blew my mind how someone could care so much about me and didn't know anything about me, but was able to make sure that I felt God's love. regardless of what I was doing at that time. And that encounter changed my life because I started looking at myself differently. And I started thinking about myself differently. And even attending that church, it was the first time where I was in a church setting where I was around people who naturally emulated God's love, which a lot of people can't do. Like a lot of people don't know how to do that. People have been in church all their lives and don't know anything about loving on people but I experienced Mm. it at that church and that's That's what changed the game for me so now knowing that I do have purpose and God just simply loves me that in itself automatically makes me want to go to church Mm. too 
I'm very much so aware that we are saved to serve. And for me, it's important to serve God by serving his people or fulfilling mm-hmm. whatever the church's needs are at the time. So that's another reason why I go. And the last reason I would say is because I need a spiritual covering, especially now mm-hmm. being away from home. I need a setting where I get that community piece, but I mm-hmm. also know that I will be spiritually fed covered um guided and i will have an impartation of wisdom so that's mm-hmm. that's why i go make it a priority that's how about good. you i'm sorry i'm doing a lot of talking but i just always got something to say so <laughs> <laughs> how about I, you <laughs> i do attend church and i do make it a priority um i think for me as an as an adult i found it extremely necessary and extremely important to be at church um as my faith grows um like you said that community aspect is just so big for me um being able to connect with my brothers and sisters in christ and like being able to have these conversations these tough conversations that other people outside of the church may not understand Mm -hmm. so like having that safety net of being able to go to people in my life group or just people in the church and being able to talk to them and tell them what's going on with me and like having um really good christian counsel um and advice and then like you said being under um sound spiritual leadership that's absolutely necessary absolutely important um, for my growth and development as a Christian. So those those are the, really the reasons why I attend church um, and make it a priority. And for me, I just love I just love being in the house of, of God. Like, I just love worshiping mm-hmm. and praising with his people. Mm-hmm. It's nothing like it. It's nothing like it. So, yeah, that's, that's yes. why I make it a priority. So in spite <laughs> of us making it a priority... To mm-hmm. go to church, along with other people that still do. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people that still make it a priority to go to church. Yeah. The article that we referenced earlier mentions that there are specific reasons, or at least mentions specific reasons why younger people are not attending church anymore or leaving. Yeah. So, so the, oh, you, you want to do it? or? Yeah, I got it. Okay. So, nine out of ten people say that the American church is judgmental. 85% describe the American church as hypocritical. And 70% find the church to be insensitive to others. Mm. Hmm. What's your thoughts on that? It's so heartbreaking. Like, I'm going to be honest. These articles did not make me feel good at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's heartbreaking, but it's eye-opening. It's good to... To know what other people are thinking, but it does not make me happy at all. Yeah, and and it's so high. The percentage the percentages are so high. I think that's what gets me the most. Is like nine out of ten people think that the American church is judgmental. Eighty five percent describe the American church as hypocritical. Like that's that's a lot of people that think that. You know. Yeah, that and is we're not even, and you know, majority. we're not even with the majority, right? Correct. So it's like, man, so it's heartbreaking. Like that's you said. true. However, I will say this: this is a U.S. based article, so I'm really mm. curious to know, like, what is it like in the rest of the world? Because yeah. over here, we just get so caught up in American church culture. Yeah, and I would just like to know what other people's 
thoughts are in other parts mm-hmm. of the world. So that's I will a say good, that. that's some good insight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why do you think young people are leaving or not attending church? Well, well, before I answer, I think we should have a. <laughs> Why are you laughing? You got so serious. Well, I mean, because it was going to be, it's a moment to educate and inform, which is what we're all about, right? So before I answer, I did want to clarify that there is a difference between the church and local Mm. churches. What I mean by the church is whenever someone gives gives their life to Christ, they become part of the body of Christ which means the body of Christ is known as the church. So the church itself is not a building or a temple. It's made up of people. So essentially you take those believers in Christ, we take the church with us everywhere that we go. Then there are local churches. These are the buildings or temples that people go to on a a weekly uh, basis for Mm -hmm. worship and prayer. So I wanted to clarify that because not a lot of people know that. Gotcha. Yeah, That's we're good. here to educate y'all, you know, make sure y'all informed. <laughs> yes. Courtney yes, can't yes, take yes. me seriously right now, so let me just answer I her can. question and keep it pushing. <laughs> <laughs> so, why do I think young people are leaving or not attending church? Well, one, I do think that the church or local churches, there are people within local churches that are not good at making people feel welcomed and loved Mm -hmm. they are not able to accept people for where they are or meet them where Mm -hmm. they are at and since they can't meet them where they are at they're not able to walk with them to help fulfill Mm -hmm. their purpose Mm -hmm. so i think there are a lot of people in local churches that have relation relationship issues like they don't know how to have true relationships with people the second thing I will say is younger generations are more open-minded to change and progressive ideas. And because mm-hmm. most of society is open to these progressive ideas, they mm-hmm. expect the church to be the same way. Mm-hmm. However, a lot of those progressive ideas and movements contradict the word of God for example society will tell you that you should try it before you buy it that it's okay to have premarital sex it's okay to experiment that's what society will tell you when that completely contradicts the word of God so we have people in younger generations that want these that want the church to accept these progressive ideas and ideologies, but they contradict the word of God. And there are a lot of churches, not all, there are a lot of churches that refuse to lower its standards to conform to those ideas because that's what it is. When we as believers disobey God's commandments to follow the world we are lowering our standards because as believers we are naturally supposed to have higher standards so that's Mm -hmm. one part of it two I do believe that younger people are not as open to correction Mm. submitting to spiritual authority I mean that word submission submitting in itself will 
cause an uproar somewhere in the world <laughs> with young people and um, may not be as open to the idea of mentorship because of that level of accountability. Mm-hmm. So I do believe if younger people were open to that, mm-hmm. um, there would be higher rates of attendance. And lastly, I believe that people in local churches need to become more relatable. Like, mm-hmm. don't have this holier-than-thou persona. Because at mm-hmm. one point, you was a mess. And some of y'all mm-hmm. still are. <laughs> and we are all, I'm just keeping it real. And we are all work in progress. And I know younger people appreciate um, those who are authentic and genuine and real. And if we saw a lot more of that in, in churches, I believe attendance wouldn't be an issue. So that's my mm-hmm. opinion. What about you? You know, I agree with everything you said. I, um, so I won't repeat any of the, what you just said. Mm-hmm. I randomly thought like maybe, you know, they don't go to church or they're leaving the church um, because they were forced to go so mm-hmm. much or forced to go to church when they were younger that now they don't even want to go because it was forced on them. It was forced um and they didn't they may not want to be there or like they like church was their parents whole lives and their and they felt like church came before them in regards to their parents so um like if their parents served in the church so they may feel some kind of way about like how church played a role in their family so Mm -hmm. i thought that may be also another reason because that our parents generation most of us went like we're forced to go to church oh that's so good yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And it becomes a so, routine. A routine. And now it's like, okay, you're making me go. And now that I have the choice to not go, I'm not going to go. Because you forced me to go for so long, for years. And now that I'm grown and I can make my own decisions, I ain't going to church. Yeah. I got enough of church. Or I also think, well, not think, I know that there are a lot of young people who despise the church because it drew their parents away from them parents away yep their parents were always at church church. yep and it seemed like their parents were more loyal to the church than Mm -hmm. to to them and and to their families so that's a very interesting perspective and i would even say with your loyal piece more present at the Uh, church than in Mm -hmm. their children's lives so Mm -hmm. where you know it may be take your parents to lunch day like bring your parents to lunch day and like Oh no, I gotta stay on. I'm gonna skip lunch because I gotta get off early to make it sure that service starts on time or like I make it to service or, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Or like missing basketball games or football games because I have to serve in the church. So that may be also like a resentment kind of thing there too. Wow, that's an interesting perspective. I never thought about that. And I'm really curious to know if any of our listeners have had that experience growing up. Please. Let us know, cause I wouldn't. Yeah, I want to know more about that. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, sissy, if in your opinion, if young people's church attendance continue to decline, how will you think this will impact society and the Christian community? Um, society-wise, like there will be no godly influence in society. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, that's just really what it is. And 
that can lead to a whole bunch of other things. And then also the next generations, the generations to come will be unchurched. And so you'll have a people, a population of people that just have never experienced God, have never experienced church. Um, and that can lead to a multitude of things. Like in regards to the Christian community, there won't be many Christian leaders. You know what I mean? Like, especially like with millennials and Gen Z, we are the next leaders in the church. We are taking over pulpits. Even now, I would even say Mm -hmm. we're taking over pulpits. We're taking over praise and worship teams. We're taking over podcasts. Come on now. (laughs) And we are really like trying to push the message but still, we're, there's so many um, people that could be in ministry. And, like, if church attendance keeps de- decreasing, there won't be enough leaders. There won't be enough people um, to be trained to be the leaders of the house, of the kingdom. Um, and also, I think the things that God wants to do on earth, the things that he wants to come forth, the things that... He wants um, his people to establish. They may not come to pass because we're so stuck in our own ways that, okay, we're not going to go to church or we're not, you know, those things won't happen if there's no one to do it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, those that's what I think. What about you? I will say you, you had a lot of the same points as me, but to add on, I will say that the body as a whole, the church, we will be missing out on essential parts that we need. Um, mm. The church, and when I say the church, I mean the body, just to clarify, we need everyone. So old, yeah. young, black, white, Latino, Hispanic, mm-hmm. Asian, Indian, we need everyone. And we mm-hmm. all serve a specific purpose within the body. And if we are not reaching younger generations we're going to be missing out on an instrumental part of the body and ultimately that is something that we will be held accountable for god will hold us accountable for it so i think that's that's one of the many impacts yeah do you think this is a a random question but do you think that someone can have a relationship with god without attending church a lot of people that's a big twitter discussion Mm mm-hmm so what do you think? I have known people that have found Christ outside of church settings. So whether that was in jail yeah. or whatever. So that is very much so possible. Listen, God can meet you wherever you are at. Mm-hmm. I will say this, though. I do not think you will be able to explore the depths of him or yeah. realize your purpose without consistently going to church or at least gathering with other believers. Mm-hmm. And I know the Twitter meant, the Twitter meant, the Twitter argument. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just be making up words, but anywho, the Twitter argument that you're referencing, I see a lot of people say, I don't have to go to church. I still love God. Or I don't, you know, have to go to church to express that I love God. I will challenge those of you who think like that and what I will say is this any real man will never let anyone talk about his woman like ever ever any real man and Jesus is the same way when it comes to the church 
Jesus is the bridegroom. The church is the bride. If you diss the church, you are dissing Jesus because you're dissing his girl. You're dissing his bride. I so really like that. You can't say that you hate church. You can't say that you don't do church if you proclaim to be a follower of Christ. And if That's you proclaim to to love Jesus, you can't say that church is an essential part of the Christian walk. So that's hmm. my answer. That's good. What about you? That's really good. Um, it's not impossible. It's not impossible to, you know, not have a relationship with God without attending church. But like you said, you won't be able to really explore the depths of of God. And also like one of the things like being under a spiritual covering, there's so many things that apostles, pastors, whatever may have you can flip and put a whole nother perspective on that you would have never gotten yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you don't get, sometimes you may not get that outside of church. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so having, having that, I think is very important. Um, there's been plenty of sermons I've heard that has completely flipped my, my way of thinking about a story or whatever that has gone on in the Bible or even just under, uh, like a, a characteristic of God. So that's one. You won't be able to grow community. I, that's the biggest thing for me as, as a believer is having that community of people that you can lean on and hold hands with as you walk through life with. And it's not impossible to like not grow a community outside of church, but it's harder and it's harder to find those people that have the same mindset as you um, outside of the church. So the church, it makes it easier to build your tribe um, of believers and, and friends and brothers and sisters in Christ. Also, I think your spiritual gifts won't be fully used or developed. Because being at church gives you the opportunity to use your gifts, to develop your gifts, um, and to be able to really hone in and understand what your gift means, how do I use it, when do I use it, why do I have it. Mm-hmm. So that's another one. Last thing is like you just miss out on the fun of church. Church is fun. Church is my fun. Church, at least yeah. my church. <laughs> like you just miss out on the fun of church. You 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 miss. Um, just meeting people and just talking to people and then being surrounded by so much love. And my church is real, real touchy feely church. So we love to hug and, and, you know, high five and stuff. And that's, it makes you feel so loved. So I, anytime I go to church every Sunday, I'm walking out knowing that somebody loves me simply because of the fact that I went to church and I felt the love. Like you said, I felt the love of God. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what I think. I mean, it's not impossible, but yeah, you're it's, limiting it's yourself. just hard. You're, you're very, yourself. yeah. And yeah. We, we understand that there are people who go through moments where they have experienced church hurt or they have had yeah. ex- traumatic experiences within the church, which is why you may go through um, a period of time of not going to church. So we get that. Right. Um, take the time that you need to heal. And we also know mm-hmm. it takes time to find the right church home. Absolutely. Because that is something that should be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, so we understand that part. Um, mm-hmm. But we just we just want y'all to know that it's important to be churched up. 
We charged that, that's up. We, that's what we promote here at SSP. So we're talking about we're talking about young people, but what do you think the church needs to do to to improve its perception and to be more welcoming um, to younger generations? Mm-hmm. Well, as far as improving its perception, I know that there is a lack of demonstration within local churches. When I mm. say the word demonstration, I mean miracle signs and wonders. In the Bible, we see Jesus doing so many miraculous things, raising people from the dead, casting out demons, healing Mm -hmm. people, prophesying. And Mm -hmm. he told the disciples, you will do greater works than me. And I believe the Amplified Version explains it as like to the extent. And so Mm -hmm. we have that same power Jesus had through the Holy Spirit to do all types of demonstration. But local churches, a lot of local churches do not practice that. Mm. And one thing that we see in the Bible is when Jesus was healing people, crowds of people were following him. Yeah, They weren't even going to church anymore. They was following Jesus. And to know that that demonstration is taking place, that would inquire people more. Mm-hmm. As far as being more welcoming, I believe that there is an emphasis in local churches on religion and not relationship. Oh, that's good. What I mean by religion is there are a lot of religious people within mm-hmm. the church. Religious mm-hmm. people, as far as those who stick to traditions and rituals, yeah. are not open to change. And a prime example of that are the Pharisees in the Bible. They were so mm-hmm. stuck up on following the law and their traditions and their rituals that they just couldn't get past the fact that Jesus was healing people. They did not like it at all. And there's a lot of people like that in local churches. And those religious people lack a relationship with God. And because they lack a relationship with God, there is a lack of love within local churches. Because God is love, and you won't know how to love someone until you know who God is and until you know how to love him. That's and that's, that's basically my third point. There is a lack mm-hmm. of love. And until you're mm-hmm. able to love God, you won't be able to love yourself, and you won't be able to love other people. Mm-hmm. And when there's no love, you can't even see people for where they are at. That takes mm-hmm. away the part of being able to walk with people and shepherd Mm -hmm. them, and mentor them. And until all local churches, until everyone in the body gets to a place Mm -hmm. where we have true relationship with the Mm -hmm. Father, because that's how you get to know him. You can't know someone if you don't spend time with him. When we have true relationship with the Father, we will then begin to experience his love, and his love will overflow from us, and we will be able to um, emulate that to anyone anywhere at any given time mm-hmm. so to wrap it up there needs to be more demonstration there needs yeah. to be more of an emphasis on having a true relationship with god mm-hmm. um, which will then cause people to have the love of god within them that's good what about you that's good mine i think my points are a little bit more on like the surface level mm-hmm. but meeting people where they are at mm-hmm. like just meeting people where they are at and that's pretty much self-explanatory like do you have an example 
Like, if I come in with a short skirt on, right? Instead of being judgmental, instead of like thinking, oh, what kind of girl is she with this short, this short skirt on? Meet me where I'm at and still talk to me as if like, I'm still a human being mm-hmm. or I'm still someone that wants to know Christ as don't look at what I, my outward appearance to make assumptions about me. So I guess being judgmental ish. Um, and instead don't think of like, Ooh, what, like, who is she? And if you realize that my skirt's too short, there's a way to do it. There's a way to tell me about it. And also, you know, you don't know the circumstance that may have been all I had. So mm-hmm. you never, you never know with that. Um, also, pretty surface level having events that would attract young people mm. you cannot have sunday school and then think young people gonna come like we just not we just because that that sunday school kind of t- like it just brings back old baptists do churches still have sunday school nowadays oh baptist churches them churches that have been around for forever oh. They oh, still have Sunday school. My Baptist card is revoked, so I wouldn't. <laughs> no, mine is too, but yes, they still have Sunday school. Do you know of churches from other denominations? Well, I guess my church does like a Bible class. They just don't call it Sunday, so I guess so, but okay, that's interesting. Yeah. To think but about. like if you have a Wednesday night, so like my church, we are starting Friday night services, and it's specifically for young people and people that usually don't attend church for one is on a Friday, not a Sunday. So that that's in itself. is not like, Oh, I'm going to church. It's on a Friday. We're not calling it like Friday night church service. So I don't know exactly the name of it yet, but it's, it's for young people. And it's for people that don't go to church usually, but it's to bring them in. So like the teaching may be very surface level, may be very basic, but that's bringing them in to give them some kind of introduction to what, um, the church is like what God is like, what Christ is like, and having, you know, those volunteers to be there to welcome and make them feel mm-hmm. comfortable. Um, so I think that's also important that's because good. going to church can be very intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because if you're new and you go to a smaller knit church where everyone knows each other and you walk in and it's like, oh, who is that? And everyone looks and then like they may call for visitors and then they want you to stand up and it's like, mm. This is weird, but if they felt comfortable, it wouldn't be such a, like, weird experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and the perception piece, making it a point to be transparent. Mm-hmm. If the if pastors, if churches were more transparent with what they stood on, the principles that they that they very much so um, are, no, are non-negotiables for them, um, and just being, like I said, transparent, the perception piece would be there because there's no guessing after that point. There's no um, thinking this X, Y, and Z about the church. It's this is what this pastor said about this church. Like it's, you know what I mean? So the perception may be, may help in that way. Um, so yeah, just transparency. I think. Yeah, that's good. That reminds me. So my church had a young adult event this past week and it got real, but like, my pastor, or even the guest speaker, they weren't like turned off by it. They were inviting it. Like yeah. to the point, y'all, someone had asked a question about oral sex. And I have just <laughs> never heard that in a church setting. And even for me, Whoa. I was like, oh, is, 
Oh, oh wow. okay. But the, my pastor, he was like, he was like, okay, we getting real, but okay, I'm gonna answer this question. And so having conversations Ooh. like that, because there are a lot of people who are curious, and if yeah. the church doesn't teach them, they will find out Ooh. somewhere else. I.e., me. Child. That happened to me plenty of times, and that we already know what that can lead to. So that transparency piece, and just being able to keep it real, and not being afraid of that, yeah. like not being afraid to answer those hard questions mm-hmm. about sex and girl okay i'm about to Ooh, go i'm about good. to go off that is so good because i believe Ooh, if the we. church were to take the time to educate young folks Listen. about stuff like that baby we, we may have less issues i will say that and oh that's that. real good I will that's that. real good oof Girl, I didn't got really hot. Good. Just think about yeah, that. I, I didn't got fired up. Good. Okay. That maybe. is so good. Maybe wow. that's a part. Maybe that that that's a whole episode. It's a whole episode. But I'm also mm. gonna say maybe that just goes to show there's some areas where I need to forget. <laughs> you know what? I'm just you saying. I don't know why that was so triggering for me. I I wasn't expecting. <laughs> now that. you triggered. Hi, Key. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Girl, you know my story. Yes. I, I do. Okay. Oof. I'll tell y'all my story later when the time is right. <laughs> All right. Um. Wow. I'm really just okay. That was good. Yeah. So y'all know we do a Bible verse um per episode. Mm-hmm. So, Sissy, you want to read it? Yes. So technically, it's it's two verses, but it was just hard to oh, separate yeah. them. Um, and this is the New Living Translation, Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Mm. So to help explain those two verses, um, one, this is saying we cannot forget to encourage one another and in order to encourage someone you have to do it from a place of love and that will also cause you to have to be kind compassionate Mm -hmm. and humble which there are so many anointed and nasty people anointed and nasty it's so sickening there's so many anointed and petty people there's so many anointed and childish (laughs) people it's just everything that we're supposed to do we're supposed to do it from Mm. a place of love so you cannot encourage your brother or sister if you being nice nasty because that's how it comes across nice Nice, nasty nasty. Mm -hmm. secondly this verse or these verses are also instructing us to gather together, um, whether that is for prayer, worship, and instruction. So this is telling us that we mm-hmm. are supposed to meet together, um, right. which goes on to show that meeting together, whether in a church setting or outside of a church setting, because there are small groups, and hey, you can take mm-hmm. the church with you wherever you go, but that right. is essential. Mm-hmm. Lastly, we should be doing this more often. So we should be encouraging each other more often and we should be gathering together more often because we are getting closer to the day of Jesus's return. Yeah. And that will also lead to us holding each other accountable. That's my addition. It's not what the verse mm-hmm. says, but that's my addition. And one thing that I do want to emphasize is as believers, 
um, going to church is essential, but we must remember we take the church with us everywhere mm-hmm. we go. We are a yeah. representation of Christ everywhere we go. You may not right. know who is watching you. You may not know mm-hmm. who is listening to you. And this even mm-hmm. means on social media. We are supposed to be imitators of God. So we have to carry ourselves as such. And I get it. Sometimes it's hard because you can be out in public and people just really want to take you there. I get it. I completely understand. However, let us remember whose we are so that we always know who we are. Mm-hmm. Do you I have anything say, to add? Oh, sorry. Yeah, Go ahead. I would say that... You know, sometimes you may be the first um, representation of Jesus that people ever see. Mm-hmm. You know, they may be like, something's up with your mind. I can't really put my finger on it. It's that Jesus glow. Girl. For the fir- <laughs> it's his for light the first shining time, through me. <laughs> listen, and for the first time, that's what they that's what they experience. And they, they may have never had any idea or have never experienced that. So you are... A lot of the time, maybe the first Jesus, the first like sight of Jesus, representation of Jesus mm-hmm. that people see, mm-hmm. and you have to take that seriously because you could also you could you could get a soul, reach a soul, but you could also lose a soul mm-hmm. in the way that you present yourself. Yeah. And if you're not presenting Christ, then you could definitely lose that that person. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah. People may not read a Bible, but they're gonna look at your life. The body of Christ. We need to do better. At the same time, young people, you know, we have to get outside of our ways. So Yeah, I agree. Anything else? No, that's it. Okay, so I will uh, wrap us up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for being such a great God, such a faithful Father, so gracious and so merciful. We thank you for sending your son Jesus as the sacrificial lamb. Jesus, we thank you for paying a price that we could never pay back. Jesus, we also thank you for establishing the church and making your disciples, God, so that we know the way. Heavenly Father, I want to pray for all of those who have been hurt by the church. I want to pray for those who have had traumatic experiences in the church. God, you are the God of all comfort, so I pray that you comfort them during this time. And I pray that in this season, that they experience healing, but that they also Mm -hmm. experience something new, God. I pray that they have an encounter that will help change their perspective and that will allow themselves to get back to a church where they can be with other believers who will continue to uplift them and encourage them. I also want to pray for the church, the body as a whole, God, that we shall arise and we shall do right by you and your people, Mm -hmm. and we shall abide by your word. And Heavenly Father, I also want to pray for the young people, regardless of what the statistics may say, regardless of what the articles may say, we know that us young people are part of the remnant, Lord, that you are raising us up to be trailblazers for this generation, that you are raising us up to break generational curses, that you are raising us up to be game changers, God. So we thank you for everything that you are doing through the lives of the young people. And I thank you that there's just going to be such an explosion of your love flowing from the body um, of Christ, God. I just thank you so much for what you're doing through us and for us. In your son Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. (laughs) 
You know what? Don't mind me. So, y'all, to wrap us all up, y'all know new episodes every week, every Thursday. Um, if you have any topic suggestions, fill out the form in our Leap Tree bio on Instagram. It is there. Fill it out. If you have anything you want us to talk about, please do so. So excited to read those. And also, like, we were also wanting to know what y'all think about this week's episode. We want to really implement um, this thing called listener letters. So mm-hmm. um, please submit your feedback. So if you agree with us, disagree with us, we just want to know any feedback that you may have from us for us for this this week's episode. So submit by emailing the Soul Sisters Podcast at Gmail. It's also when you go to our Instagram, it's like on like at the top of the Instagram page. Um, but yeah, we are so, so excited and we are just so grateful for all of y'all that listen and we just, we're just so glad that you are a part of this community with us and we're just excited to be on this journey, um, Mm -hmm. with you. So until next week, y'all be blessed and we'll talk to y'all later. Bye y'all. Bye.